Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. And this is your Friday Five, but it's on Saturday, the 3rd of February. Uh, we are bringing you this uh a day later than usual because obviously there's a small matter of the transfer deadline which happened late on Thursday night so we are recording this on Friday to bring to you on Saturday. Uh, In just a few minutes we'll be joined by George who you know and our guest contributor Steve who you don't Uh, but before we do that let's head over to the 1865 news desk. Hi, this is Jamie Martin with your top five forest stories from the 1865 News Desk. Now the headline of this week's news, Evangelos Marinakis has hit back at the Premier League CEO. This week, while at a conference at the City Ground, Evangelos Marinakis spoke to members of the media, with journalists from The Guardian asking for his thoughts on the remarks made by the Premier League CEO, Richard Masters, just last month. In January, while at a committee hearing, Masters used the term small clubs while discussing Forrest and Everton's PSR breach charges, citing major concern over the CEO's respect for all the clubs in the league and causing anger amongst the fan bases of the aforementioned teams. Masters has received criticism from the Forest owner, who described the remarks as inappropriate and highlighted the size of both Everton and Nottingham Forest, despite being called small clubs. Nottingham Forest have two Champions Leagues and Everton have never been relegated from the Premier League. And also in this week's news, the City Ground has hosted the Nottingham Conference, hoping to share a powerful message. Before Nottingham Forest's recent fixture against Arsenal, the City Ground hosted some of the game's most iconic faces in a conference that aims to fight racism and improve gender equality. The conference, known as the Nottingham Conference, which is taking place this week at the stadium with the likes of Thierry Henry, Lewis Graben and Cat Craig, all in attendance at the conference in partnership with Hartford University, which has a long-standing relationship with Forest's sister club, Olympiakos and the Lillian Torum Foundation. Nottingham Forest aim to achieve landmark agreements on measures to fight against racism and gender inequality within the game. Such measures will not only be implicated by the Nottingham Club, but also submitted to governing bodies and other European clubs. Nottingham Forest owner has championed the conference as a means to create a better experience for those for fans within the game and help rid the game of racist and sexist actions. 
Now the third news uh, headline this week, Oro Mangala has joined Olympic Lyonnais on a permanent move. Nottingham Forest star Oro Mangala has joined Ligue 1 side Olympic Lyon on a permanent move after a successful year on Trentside. Signing for a fee of around £11 million from Stuttgart in summer 2023, Oro Mangala has cemented himself as one of the best pieces of recruitment in the Marinakis era of ownership at Nottingham Forest, gradually beating off injury woes and showcasing his superb talent in midfield. Now with the stock high, Forrest have opted to sell the Belgian midfielder on a deal originally as a loan with a guaranteed purchase at the end of the deal. The deal, which is expected to be worth around or up to £30 million, will start as a loan and eventually become a permanent signing in the summer. However, there's various different reports on the fee, but the fee is likely around the £25 to £30 million mark. Oral Mangala will sign on a contract until 2028. Also in this week's news, a new Forest fan park has opened in Nottingham. A brand new fan park has opened in Nottingham for Nottingham Forest fans with the new destination hoping to further improve matchday experience for the Reds. Situated near London Road, Nottingham, just a few minutes walk from the city ground fan park, the new event will provide even more matchday experience for fans of the famous club with everything from food to its very own football talk show called Bad Tactics. Open four hours before every Forest and England game, the new fan park will also be showing every 5.30pm game live on the big screen at the event. After a three-year process, the new fan park is now open to Forest and England fans before games and more details about the event can be found via the website www.fanpark.co.uk. And now the final piece for this weekend, injury news. Some big returns for Nottingham Forest this week after some hard-hitting injury issues after the festive fixtures. Tyrell Wanyu returned after a stint off the pitch due to groin surgery. He replaced Chris Wood late into the Arsenal game, scoring on his return to make it 2-1 to Nottingham Forest, almost getting the team back into the game. But unfortunately, Arsenal would go on to win 2-1. Anthony Alanga is also back after a thigh problem and Morgan Gibbs-White returned last week. Long-term issues with Felipe seemingly relaxed at the moment with the player now back training with the first team and he's now also available to play as well. Musani Akate and Cheku Kuyate are also returning from the African Cup of Nations after Senegal lost to Ivory Coast last weekend. So Ivory Coast uh, now advancing, which means Sangare, Serge Aurier and Willy Bolly are still at the tournament. Uh, but Musani Akate and Cheku Kuyate are both back and Ola Ada is also still at the AFCON tournament with Nigeria. So positive updates across the board for Nottingham Forest relating to injuries and other criteria. So that's the latest from the 1865 News Desk. I'm Jamie Martin. Be sure to catch up with me on social media via at I'm Jamie Martin on Twitter. Updates on Nottingham Forest related news throughout the week. And also to tell you more about the transfers, it's the 1865 News Podcast crew. Thank you very much, Jamie. Now, uh, the more eagle-eared of you will have noticed that Jamie had recorded that before the transfer deadline shut on Thursday night. So with that in mind, um, George, you've kindly agreed to put together a little roundup of the transfer activity. So um, go ahead and then we'll have a chat about it. Yeah, thanks, Rich. And for once in Nottingham Forest, it was a pretty quiet deadline day. It's been a while since we've said that. And despite it was... uh, the fact it was new manager Nuno's first window, there was more outgoings than incomings. We'll start on the 31st of January when Forrest secured their first senior signing with the loan acquisition of American international Giovanni Reina. The 21-year-old signs on loan from Borussia Dortmund until the end of the season with no buy option included in the deal. And the man with seven international goals will wear the number 20 shirt following on from Brennan Johnson. 
Forest then made the first Premier League signing of transfer deadline day as they completed the signing of Rodrigo Ribeiro from Sporting Lisbon. The 18-year-old striker joins the Reds on loan until the end of the season, with Forest having a 10 million buy option at the end of the campaign. With bags of goals at youth level for both Sporting and Portugal, the striker comes with potentially uh, featuring in the youth setup as Taiwo regains fitness. Chris Wood continues to be in good form, and with Divock Origi remaining at the club when it looked like it might he might be recalled. But the Portuguese may get his chance in the first team as he's been handed the number 37 shirt. It then emerged that Forrest were in talks with Galatasaray over the potential sale of fullback Serge Aurier, with the Ivory Coast captain reportedly keen on the move. The transfer was on the brink of falling through as the day went on, but now we speak on Friday and it has gone through as the Turkish window is open until February the 9th. It then emerged that Forrest had found the goalkeeper that they would target, but seemingly their last choice as news circulated that they'd been unsuccessful in inquiries for Aaron Ramsdale, Cohen Castiles, David De Gea, Rui Silva and Camion Kelleher, whilst also being priced out of a move for Crystal Palace's uh, Sam Johnston. Their final option was Strasbourg number one, Matt Sells, who would be available for around £5 million. It was pictured boarding a flight to the UK at around three o'clock. While this was happening, Alex Mighton completed a loan move to Port Vale in League One, the 21-year-old signing after returning from a previous loan spell in January from Belgium. Then, as Jamie mentioned, came the sad news that we were all fearing, as less than 24 hours from playing 70 minutes for Forest against Arsenal, Ola Mangala was announced as a new Lyon player. The initial loan deal with a buy option worth north of £30 million, with Forest receiving a substantial loan fee. Late on in the day, a surprise approach for Ajax striker Tuba Akpom was touted, with the player reportedly keen. Last season's Championship top scorer Akpom would have came in on loan with a 13.5 million buy obligation should Forrest stay in the Premier League. Ajax and Forrest spoke about this, but despite hints of a move coming together, nothing would materialise. The Matt Sells move did go through, though, at, for up to a fee of £5 million. Strasbourg fans have been very vocal in their displeasure of losing their 31-year-old Belgian international, who does have the worst save percentage in Liga for this season. The move now means Forrest have spent over £15 million on three goalkeepers this season. Here's hoping this move turns out better than the other two. Deadline day ended in departures for Brandon Aguilera, who was loaned out for, to Bristol Rovers, and Ethan Horvath, who was sold to Cardiff City. And while a move for Sheffield United may have fallen through, Turkish side Trapsonspor have came forward for the transfer of Joe Worrell today. That means Forrest have ended the window with a net profit, and if Worrell's move goes through, they'll have shipped out 11 players whilst bringing in three. Thank you very much, George. And that's a quiet deadline day. So we go over and we welcome Steve Burns to the uh, podcast. Now, Steve, you've been a Forest fan for many years. You're a season ticket holder. You go down with your family. Um in terms of, I mean, the big talking point for when it comes to the deadline was really in goal, wasn't it? And would you agree that uh, the majority of Reds fans will be happy to see another goalkeeper come in, but they may be a bit nervous about the pedigree of said custodian? Yeah, I think it's a it's a position that we really struggled with over the last uh, the last few months. We've had the USA number one keeper, the USA number two keeper, the Wales, Welsh number one keeper, the Greek number one keeper, and still not had anybody that were really confident with in goal. And I think the final straw was the the mistake with Matt Turner being uh, beaten at the, the near post in the game against Arsenal. You know, a shot he really should have stopped. Um, his distribution in, in games as well has, been, has led uh, a lot to be desired. So, you know, seeing somebody else come in, I think is essential. Now, reports that I've heard in the press have suggested that this was actually a, a goalkeeper 
that Nuno was particularly keen on himself. And with Nuno's background being in goalkeeping, it kind of makes you feel he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, are you nervous, Steve, about the fact that Newcastle fans didn't have anything good to say about him? Or are you taking some uh, reassurance from the fact that that was quite a few years ago at a time when Newcastle were nothing more than a hot mess? Yeah, I mean, it was six years ago. It was in the Championship, and that's obviously a very physical um, division to play in. Since then, he's had six years playing in other teams, other circumstances, and has actually been keeper of the season in, in League One as well. So, you know, let's. Uh, I'm reluctant to write players off before they arrive. I've done that before. Uh, so let's see what happens when he comes in. And uh, to be honest, I don't think he'll be any worse than some of the options that we've had. And and George, you mentioned it earlier. We've spent fifteen million pounds on three keepers. Uh, the initial plan was to spend fifteen million pounds on Dean Henderson, and that didn't work out for various reasons. Um, you buy cheap, you buy more than once, don't you? Yeah, that's turned out to be the case. And now we've got three goalkeepers at a very similar age on similar contracts, so it does leave Forest in a sticky position. Um, and if Matt Sells turns out good, then that gets them in the right place. But if in the summer it doesn't work out and they're still looking for a first-team keeper with these three on the books, it does put them in a very sticky situation. I was looking for the stats as well. And I know we, this is really all we can go off because we don't know that much about him. Although I have seen a sort of video on him um, on YouTube. And the last one I saw was a free Samba and he turned out all right, didn't he? So let's hope he can uh, continue with a similar vein. But I found a stat and it was goals prevented. Uh, Matt Turner's on minus 5.45, Odysseus is on minus 4.15, and Sells is on minus 4. So it doesn't seem like that much of an upgrade on the stats, but we, that's not right him off just yet. And of course, uh, Steve, a keeper's only really as good as the defence he's got ahead of him. Um, we all love Murillo. We see a lot of promise in Omobamadeli. The fullback positions we're slightly less certain about. So, uh, I mean, really, you need a keeper to be commanding, but you also need a defence to repel the opposition, don't you? Yeah, and I think it's fair enough to say that our fullbacks haven't shone with glory when it's come to defending. Um, Montiel's mistake, obviously, in the Arsenal game this week led to the to the second goal. Um, and then we look at some of the other games, you know, particularly Luton, where we we conceded late on. There could have been a better cover there from the from the wing backs on that one. So. Yeah, I think we need to get better at being a, a unit. I think we've actually missed a bit of maturity in centre-back as well with having the two young centre-backs in position. You know, having the likes of Felipe in last year really kind of steadied the ship. Uh, and I think just getting a bit more experience, hopefully with Nia Carte coming back from uh, from AFCON will really help us in that, in that position. Yeah, and uh, coming back to you, George, uh, Montiel is such an enigma, isn't he? He's, he's either brilliant or terrible, and he often does it each of those several times in one match. Yeah, and I personally think he's got off quite lightly from the Arsenal game because Turner was probably rightly so getting a lot of the hate, but I think Montiel was equally at fault and you could say he had a part to play in both goals because the first goal that we conceded, it's very similar to the one that we conceded away at Blackpool in the Cup where it gets thrown down his side and yes, nobody switched on, but Montiel just lets the guy amble past him inside and then obviously Jesus with the finish. And then for the second goal, the ball comes to him and he hoofs it first time and then it comes straight back to him. So you'd think he'd maybe learn, oh, that didn't quite work. But then obviously it's not in the air, it's on the ground. But he does the same thing again. And it's just defensive naivety. I mean, going forward, he does offer a threat. He's offered a couple of nice assists for Dominguez, uh, a sort of assist for a one year. I mean, he did all the work for that goal against Arsenal, but I suppose Montiel was in the position. But when he keeps making defensive mistakes, like he did twice against Blackpool and then twice in this game, 
and I was shocked that he was still on the pitch by the end and Williams Williams did more defensive work from the wing than Montiel did at fullback in that game. So, I mean, obviously we've lost um, Serge now, but hopefully Ola Aina comes back and Williams playing fullback. Um, I think Montiel, my patience is slowly starting to waver with him as well. Mm, okay. Um and of course, let's just remind ourselves at the start of the uh, January window, everyone's going, oh, well, Montiel's going to be uh, going to be sent back. And Nuno clearly sees something there. Steve, just uh, last thing uh, on, on the topic of goalkeepers before we move on to a couple of other bits and pieces. Um, my theory is that Nuno's obviously, as an ex-goalkeeper, as you mentioned earlier, he's seen Turner and he's seen Odysseus. And he sees something in Turner, which he could be a Premier League keeper. but when a keeper's confidence is shot and the players and the fans have no confidence in him, it's a difficult one to come back from, isn't it? So so we, we need to take him out of the firing line. And if, if Nuno doesn't have faith in either Hennessy or Odysseus, then a new keeper was the only option, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think the, the nervousness around the city ground every time the ball goes back to Turner, you can hear it in the air. And, you know, no matter how confident you go into a game, if you hear the crowd making those kind of noises early on, it's going to play on your mind. Uh, you know, the mistakes that we've seen from him, particularly with his distribution. And, and let's be honest, we were absolutely blessed when we had Samba with his distribution. We were we didn't really know what we had until it had gone. Uh, but now seeing that with Turner and hearing the collective gasps around the stadium, it's not going to be doing him any favours. Mm, OK, um, just uh, a quick word on some of the others. Uh, obviously, in the attacking positions, the other two players who've come in, we've got uh, Gio Reyna and Rodrigo Ribeiro. Uh, Ribeiro seen as one for the slightly longer term. Uh, but, George, what do you make about Reyna? Is that is that just a bit of showboating with the George Mendes connection? It looks to be that way, doesn't it? I think it's a sign in Forest had to make because in the wings, We've had Elanga absent and while he's been gone, we've had no threat on the wings. Dominguez has done a decent job. And Williams, who's naturally probably a more attacking player than he's defensively doing the job on the wing. But ultimately, hudson Adoy's not hit the heights we'd hoped. And if Forrest could get a sound like this, pretty Hollywood, if you say, then it's it's good going. I mean, he's he's made consistent substitute appearances for Borussia Dortmund and you've no slouch to be doing that. So and 24 um, international caps as well. I think all we want from him really is just for him to show a bit of confidence, show a bit of belief in himself, which maybe Hudson-Odoi kind of lacks. And as long as he comes with that attitude, um, then I'm sure he'll succeed. And hopefully he does far better than the other American that we've got at the club. And um, it's it's interesting one, really, because like you say, I think everyone's looking for a bit of a win-win, aren't they? So if Rayner gets formed back, he's a winner and it's a winner for Borussia Dortmund and it's also a winner for Forrest in the short term. Uh, are you surprised to see Brandon Aguilera go on loan to League One in, in return? I suppose that probably paved the way for him to go, didn't it, with uh, Rayner coming in then. Forrest felt comfortable for Aguilera. And maybe the, the sort of hint of first-team football that he's been getting over the last few weeks maybe wanted Nuno and him to desire him to get more. And... I don't think you can can either guarantee him or expect him to perform on a consistent level in the Premier League, being as young as he is. So I think Forrest did well sending him out on, into League One. It's a very physical league. I mean, he's probably uh, going to be wishing that he was playing teams like um, Bristol and um, Brentford every week. But I think it'll be good experience for him and hopefully he can flourish and then provide for us next season. Steve, he'll need to get on the protein shakes, won't he? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, I think there were signs in the the FA Cup matches that he played at just how slight he is. He was getting very easily pushed off the ball. So, you know, hopefully being exposed exposed to a more physical form of football means that when he comes back, we've got somebody more ready for playing. And we saw Brennan Johnson go on loan to League One and come back a completely different player, how strong he came back. And obviously it's not for a full year, but that's something that hopefully Aguilera can take on as well. OK, um, just sticking with you, Steve, obviously we, you know, we heard from Jamie about Aurel Mangala. Um, is that, as, as a fan, do you think it's a good move or not to, to weaken the team in pursuit of getting a significant profit when that loan becomes made permanent? I think it's that difficult balancing act, isn't it? Of, you know, we've been able to pretty much triple our money in 18 months and that's got to be good business. And in terms of balancing, you know, the spend that we've had uh, over the last couple of seasons, you know, that has to be taken in, into consideration. Mangala clearly made quite a slow start to coming into the squad, but this year he's by far and away been our most consistent player. Um, I'm, for one, very disappointed to go. I actually have a, a friend who's a Leon fan who's been... Uh, singing their demise all season and you know rang me up to say well, who's this mangala that, that's coming i've not heard of him and my initial response was well, hands off you can't have him uh, but that's all gone through now i mean we, we wish him well he's been a great servant for us for the last couple of seasons but yeah definitely sad to see him go and staying with you steve uh talking of servants word is that with the turkish window still open that traps on sport are interested in joe worrell are you expecting to see the club skipper leave the city ground? I'm expecting him to leave, but I'd be surprised if he went to Turkey, if I'm being honest. Um, clearly, there's a, a desire for him to move on and to, to play football again. Um, but knowing how tied he is to this area, I'd be very surprised to see him go as far as Turkey. I mean, clearly, that would be you know a sad day for those of us that lived through the, for the glory of the last couple of years, and particularly Wembley. You've seen the last few players from the the 21-22 season disappear but yeah I hope for the for uh, for for my sake I hope this isn't the end of Joe Warren. Uh, and George on on that topic I mean there's word about Sheffield United coming in um and having Warrell as their kind of backup option if they didn't manage to sign Mason Holgate on loan um as it turns out they did manage to sign him on loan uh, so Sheffield obviously local he could stay local if I was him would you not be thinking yeah, actually, if I can't stay local, then I might as well go somewhere completely different. Yeah, I guess. I guess he wants to get himself football and anywhere will do when you're a lad like Joe Worrell, who, I mean, in his career didn't really, it took him a while to get first in football. But once he did, he was playing for a couple of years and then coming into the Premier League, especially this season, it was probably a bit of a hit, hit for him not playing week in, week out. And you can't fault him for, for wanting that for himself. So I would be surprised, like like Steve said, if he uproots and moves to a different country, Turkey. I can't imagine him speaking Turkish very well, but I really hope he, he can find somewhere that can really reignite his career because he's been a fantastic servant to this club. It's brilliant having a club captain that's a Forest fan through and through. And like we're going to probably mention later, it's great to see Lewis Graben come back to the city ground and those players always bring back a warm memory. And just quickly on Mangala, I just think the attitude that he's shown, playing for Forrest when he knew it would be his last game, not take, not making the attention was all on him because he could have, when he got subbed, you know, taken up all the applause, made it all about him. But he just jogged off. And I think he's been fantastic servant for the club. It's a miss, it's a loss for Forrest. Um, but we can only have happy memories about both him and Joe Warren. Mm, um, and of course, let's, <laughs> let's not forget that Warren's is still at the club. So is Divock Origi, although the MLS window um, 
it appears that that's where he's going. Uh, Nuno Tavares, there's some word about him going back to Arsenal, uh, as well as, I say, there's a suggestion that Montiel might uh, move at the start of the window. So uh, not lots of outgoings, but not as many as we'd expect. Serge Aurier, I, I think that's probably about the wages, I would have thought. Just last word on Joe Worrell to you, please, Steve. Um, he's 26 years old, I think 27 now. Um, do you think it's reasonable for Forrest to kind of say, well, he's at a stage of his career where, as a defender, he's probably not going to add any more strings to his bow and therefore, therefore maybe it makes sense to let him go somewhere else where he can get regular football, most likely in the division below. Yeah, and I think it's also about the here and now, isn't it? Recognising that he's a, a long way down the pecking order in terms of some of the defenders that we have in, in place. Whether he does manage to improve or not, we're needing players that can actually play now and can fill that gap now. So, you know, if he does leave, then uh, obviously it'll be a sad day, but we'll we'll wish him well. OK, um, thank you very much. Uh, so we will, I'm sure we'll end up talking about some of those players again in the future. But uh, as George mentioned, Lewis Graben was back at the ground the other day. And this was the Nottingham Conference, which is uh, spearheaded by Evangelos Maranakis uh, through his connections with Harvard University and the Lillian Turam Foundation. He's hosted similar events at Olympiakos. So, George, uh, just a few thoughts, really, from from your point of view as a young fan. Are you delighted to see Forrest getting behind the causes of race and gender equality? And is that a good use of, I suppose, Forrest's position in the in the community? Yeah, I think it's really pleasing, you know, as a as a mixed race fan myself, it's really pleasing to see Forrest addressing these issues that ultimately have faded and upped and downed in the last few years, but are always really going to be around society and in football. So to see the club that you support throwing its arms around the city and embracing these issues and trying to combat them, attracting people like Thierry Henry to Nottingham, which you'd have never thought when we were sitting bottom of the championship a couple of years ago. And it's really lovely to see, you know, an owner who does things like that. Under Fowers, we dreamed of an owner that cared about the club, cared about the city, and Marinakis, although you can maybe fault some of the, his morals, he has came into Nottingham and really embraced us, really put us on the map. And, you know, it's just everything that you'd want in a football owner. And these things like that, they just put your faith back into football, that it can be a sport for everybody. And I don't think we're there yet, but I think things like this will steer us in the right direction to get there. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to hear from from uh, Ellie, our other regular contributor, who also falls into the category of young Forest fan. And, and Ellie was at some of the uh, Nottingham conference because she is a an ambassador for her game, too. And um, she made the point that uh, some of the replies to some of the tweets about yeah. the events um, show why such an event is required. Now, George, um, from from your perspective, as you mentioned, you are mixed race. You're a young fan. Um, is is that just posturing from idiots on social media or is it really a sign that we need this kind of stuff to be going on? I think it's more prominent on social media because people can hide behind social media quite easily. Um as a mixed race fan, I haven't experienced that much sort of racism in the stands myself. I think at the minute, sexism is probably the, the biggest issue in football at the minute, although there is incidents of, of many other things. So, yeah, I think that these issues are always going to be around, but I think social media has emphasised it and has maybe turned the issue further away from the stands and onto social media. And both ways have got to be combated. It's hard to 
combat social media perhaps more than it is in the grounds. So I think that's why these people probably can still hurl the abuse that they want to, but behind the comfort of a screen. So that's maybe why we're moving towards this more digital abuse and why our resources have got to change. Mm. Um, just from my point of view, uh, this is not a conversation about me, but I'm there's times when I'm glad that we're not in the same division as Leicester because when yeah. Forest play Leicester, it's it's horrifically predictable. But anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, there's another whole other conversation we can have there. Uh, just lastly, before we um, shift forwards, uh, Steve, um, Maranakis used the conference to have a little dig at uh, Premier League Chief Executive Richard Masters. Now, apart from the fact that obviously this is actually quite funny, um, what do you make of that? I, th- I think Maranakis comment about it being inappropriate, I, I think is quite right, actually. Um, particularly when you see a lot of comments in social media about the way that both Everton and Forest are probably being treated unfairly, you know, compared with what's happening with Manchester City with the you know, hundred and so charges that they've got against them, which never seem to have been being resolved. And the way that the PSR rules seem to be uh, arranged favours the larger clubs with the, the larger grounds, the larger revenue to start off with. So it kind of feeds very much into that narrative of, you know, PSR is there really to support the bigger clubs staying big and to help uh, to prevent really the uh, the up and coming clubs from making that jump into the into the top six. So I understand the the anger that there's been uh, online around this one. I think it makes a lot of sense, really. And I mean, ultimately, it was a, it was a stupid comment made by somebody representing the organisation that the clubs have to be part of. Um, but ultimately, George, I mean, Steve's got a point, hasn't he? Forrest, the whole thing about the Brennan Johnson's transfer and when it went through is because Forrest were trying to extract the maximum value from a saleable asset, which is exactly what PSR is supposed to be promoting. So it does seem that there's a little bit of twisted thinking, if we put it that way. Yeah, there's always going to be twisted thinking in the Premier League, unfortunately. I, I think Richard Masters' comments and his attitude said it all because as so-called small clubs, we know where we are in the food chain. So we know that we've got to sell our assets like Brennan Johnson, like Oroman Gala. If the right price comes along, you know, you see Brighton have done it. I mean, they've absolutely scammed Chelsea, to be fair. But you see all clubs all over the country do it because they know where they are. They know how they have to sustain themselves. And if you can get that extra 10, 15 million, that meant Forrest could maybe sign a few more players in the summer. So the fact that they've done it yet are being charged for it and had an open dialogue with the Premier League all the way along shows that there's something wrong with these rules. And the fact that Everton could be charged for the same thing twice in the same season over two different financial years really shows that the rules are broken and that, you know, the so-called smaller clubs are being targeted, really. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. 2024 is upon us, which means a packed schedule of FA Cup, AFCON, and of course, Premier League action. Beat the January Blues and watch every game with the atmosphere it deserves down at your local Green King Sports pub. Don't settle for a dodgy stream. If it's on the telly, it's on at your local Green King venue across a huge HD screens. Huge. If you download the Green King Sports app, you'll also receive 10% off every single drink whenever there's a game on, and you'll also be supporting us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. 
If you're doing dry January, then Green King venues also offer a range of low and no alcohol options, so you don't have to settle for a worse sports watching experience. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to 1865, and this is the Friday Five on, yes, Saturday the 3rd of February. Um, we uh, we heard from Jamie earlier with the latest news stories, and one of those was about the Forest Fan Park, which has started off this week. And our very own Ellie had a chat with Satch from the Fan Park. Let's hear what they thought about. Hello, and um, with me today, I've got Satch. He is the founder of Fan Park UK. And if you don't know about Fan Park, it is a new forest fan park located at Binks Yard. And it is, they launched on the 30th, so at the Arsenal game. Hello, Satch. Hey, Ali. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. We're very excited to talk to you about everything you do. So first, I wanted to ask, what is it? What is Fan Park like? How is it different to other fan zones? And what is it you're trying to create? Um, we're trying to create like an immersive fan experience. Um, the other fan zones around Nottingham were really good, but we just felt that uh, we could sort of elevate certain certain areas, I guess. So we've got a whole area with lots of street food um, that's just rotating every game. We've got uh, the biggest screen in the Midlands, and the screen's like, absolutely insane. Um, we've got special guests on every week. We've got a debate section called Bad Tactics, which Ellie, you were, of course, on last last week. Um, <laughs> well, not it wasn't even last week, was it? it was a couple of days ago. But um, yeah. we've got that section. And then we've got a lot of interaction with the fans that are coming to the ground as well. So we've got a section called Fan Cam, which Max Hayes is fronting up. And we're just being quite inclusive so we, we're looking for feedback from fans and hopefully a lot of just positive feedback because all we're trying to do is strive to to offer fans something that is a little bit special I guess like so we're putting a lot of effort and uh, emphasis on the production level so we've got loads of cool games throughout the game and then from March we've got Asahi UK sponsoring us uh, they're sponsoring um, Man City and Brentford fan park so you can sort of imagine the production that's going into that um, and then yeah we're, we're hopefully going into the Euros really positively um, and we open every, open every day during the Euros as well so yeah it's exciting times Oh well, I can say having been to the event it was genuinely amazing I had a brilliant time You said so it was the best day of your life didn't you Ellie? Oh yeah I had the time of my life <laughs> I mean I did shoot myself in the foot saying Ryan Yates is, you know, they're not ready for him and he didn't start. <laughs> but we don't talk about that. That's why it's called yeah. bad tactics. Yeah. And just so for everyone listening, what games is Fan Park opening? How do they get tickets? How does it all work? And can we reserve tables? Yeah, of course you can. Uh, so we're open for every Forest home match uh, for pre, pre-match entertainment. We're open after every game for post-match entertainment and for every single televised match. 
So the first televised match is next Saturday, a week on Saturday against Newcastle. So it'll be open from 11 a.m. Uh, table reservations and free tickets are available on uh, on our website at fanpark.co.uk. Um, we're asking fans to get their tickets beforehand, even though they're free tickets, just so that we avoid queues. So one of the um, things that we've realised is a lot of fan zones at the moment, they just can't, uh, people are in queues for longer than they're in the actual fan zone. So in order for us to uh, navigate that, uh, we've offered a free ticket. Uh, we're limiting that to the first 1,200 people. So those 1,200 people can get access to the fan park uh, without queuing. Oh, wow. What, yeah. as well, for everyone else, what's the itinerary like? Because I know you said you've got entertainment. What is it that goes on before a Forest match or after and during a Forest match? So it changes every week. So we've got live inter- we've got live singers in. Uh, the other day we had Just Ben in, we'll have bands on, we'll have singers on. Um, Kieran Hardcastle is our presenter, main presenter alongside Max Hayes. So we've got Fancam, we've got question and answers with people from different po- Forest podcasts and we always try and have an opponent. So we had Arsenal TV down for the Arsenal one and Arsenal Fan Reaction. We had four people representing those and that, that was really good. We've, that's joining a section of Bad Tactics. We've got a section where uh, we've got Forest fans that will, uh, alongside the opponent side, will pick, choose their uh, perfect eleven, which is what you were referring to with the Ryan Yates, and that that's wicked. We, um, we've had some really interesting answers, and we've got happy hour either side of the match. So at Newcastle, the happy hour is from half eleven until half twelve, and then post match it's from seven thirty until eight thirty. We've tried to try to start the game really early and go on till late. Perfect. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and well, good luck with everything you do. So much. And if any fans want to get involved, uh, just drop us a DM on our Instagram page at Fan Park UK. Um, we'd love to hear from you and we'd yeah, we'd love to see you down at Fan Park soon. Thank you very much to Satch and indeed to our very own Ellie, who, as you as you heard there, she made her fan park debut on the Bad Tactics discussion. Uh, that girl does uh, make herself known. She was in the same room as Thierry Henry just the other night. OK, um, we will just finish off by talking about injuries. Um, Steve. It must have been a massive relief when you saw Taiwo Owani on the bench. Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to play. I think needs must. Um, Alanga back as well. Felipe. I mean, I have no idea how much Felipe is going to play, but uh, it's good to see some of the senior players returning. And then, of course, Niakate and Kuyate coming back from AFCON as well. So does this give you a bit of hope through what's been quite a quite a difficult few weeks? Yeah, definitely. The last few weeks, it's kind of felt a little bit like we're clinging on, um, you know, with Morgan Gibbs-White dropping out for those couple of games as well, who's clearly been pivotal to everything that we've had that's been good over the last few months. So, yeah, seeing Taiwo come back on at, at half-time against Arsenal, and he, immediately he made such a difference at the front, holding the ball up, causing the defender so much trouble. And, Forgotten really how good he was up front and uh, being able to get into his position to push the defenders around and score that goal towards the end of the game, you know, gave us a little bit of hope for a few minutes that we might be able to bag a point. 
So yeah, it's fantastic seeing these these players coming back in. I think it makes me more hopeful that we can start to gather some points, uh, move up the table, and hopefully move away from the bottom three. Yeah, George. I mean, uh, for all that Chris Wood has been putting in some good shifts, there's a reason that Tyro is the first choice number nine, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Tyro just offers something that not many other strikers in the league can offer. I mean, the goal that he scored against Saliba and Gabriel, I can't think of maybe only Haaland that could score that goal. He shrugged them off like they weren't there. And he's he's six foot two. He looks quite broad, but you wouldn't think he'd be able to just do that to some big centre-halves like that. So it's what we've missed. I mean, I've been quite vocal about my displeasure about the January sort of break that's happening and the lack of fixtures. But I suppose that's really helped us because we lost a bundle of players and slowly they're coming back. But I think you saw in the second half against Bristol how much Gibbs White really is probably the key figure in that. And when he's got players like Elanga, who, if we're being honest, didn't look that fit against Arsenal, but at the weekend against Bournemouth, he's got that few days to regain that fitness and Tyro coming back with uh, the signing of Raya as well. I really think that the attacking options are, are coming through for Forrest and with Niakata coming back, I think we've missed him because Morello and Armabamadeli have done well, but I think they miss height. I mean, you look at the Brentford game, we could have just done with someone that in there. I mean, I was the, I advocated for Warrell or McKenna to play that game because I thought we just needed someone to head those balls away that kept coming into the box. So they're all welcome additions back. Hopefully Niakate um, will be in the right frame of mind, obviously, after missing the penalty for Senegal that sent them seen out. But I think he's a strong-minded guy and I'm sure he'll be in the right frame of mind. And let's hope that this Bournemouth game is the game start coming thick and fast, the squad's coming together. It's really a time for momentum to start gathering, really. Steve? Yeah, and I think also with going back to Taiwo, I think it gives us another style of attacking as well. We were most successful with him early on in the season when we were playing, you know, with playing with fast wingers, through balls for him to run onto. You know, Wood's just not the kind of player that can do that. Um, Wood has been great as a target man, you know, popping up in the six-yard box. Um, apart from his R prime R9-like appearance against Newcastle, which I think shocked everybody. Um, it's great that we've actually got two different ways, really, of attacking now. Yeah, well, it definitely shocked the Newcastle fans, as a few of them have tweeted uh, to, to tell me. Um, just a couple of things as well, staying with you there, Steve. So, um, I mean, you mentioned that about that attacking process, pr- prowess. And with Alanga, Tyro and Gibbs White out, we really lacked pace going forward as well, didn't we? Yeah, it was having to be a very patient build-up, which is not something that's led to, to much joy for us. I think defending teams have just learned to be able to sit back against us when they've needed to soak up the pressure. And we found it very difficult to break those scenarios down. Um, as we all know, our set pieces aren't particularly good. I mean, we've obviously got the new set piece coaching now that's coming and working, you know, with the team, both from an attacking and defending perspective. But yet we're still to see the the fruits of that work coming out in our attacking. Mm. And um, just uh, just to go back to something that George said as well, I think having Nia Kate back, I mean, I've gone on record before saying I think he's he's a quality, quality defender. But crucially, I think we get the best out of Murillo when he's got an experienced and calm head next to him. And and that's something that Nia Kate offers that maybe none of none of the other senior centre halves do. In fact, sometimes he's a bit too calm. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we we know that uh, Nia Carte is occasionally prone to a mistake, you know, that sending off that you had earlier on in the season just through being a little bit clumsy. But yeah, he certainly brings a steady hand to the back four. Plus as well, there's the threat associated with his long throw. I think we've really missed that as an offensive, an offensive weapon in our arsenal. And uh, George, that's where you were going, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I was just going to mention that because can you imagine those last 10 minutes against Arsenal? It's 2-1. We're back in the game. We've got confidence. And we've got the option of Musa with a long throw in. That's just what we've missed. And I mean, I think uh, someone tried it at one point, but it didn't really go very far. So that's something that will really be welcoming back. Mm. And uh, I'm glad as well, George, you mentioned Scott McKenna, because uh, somehow between you, me, Steve and Jamie, we managed to forget to mention that Scott McKenna has left the club. He's on loan at FC Copenhagen for the rest of the season, which takes him through to the end of his Forest contract. So we wish him well. Um, I've been asked to contribute a little bit to a Danish radio station talking about Scott McKenna. And I will be saying fond things about him because he... Uh, was a key member of that promotion squad. But also, I think he is a good old-fashioned centre-half, but also with the ability to do something a little bit more than that. And he seems a good, solid character. So we wish him well. Um, Okay, that just brings us to the end of today's podcast. Um, Just a quick note, we wish, uh, obviously, Serge Aurier has moved on, so uh, he's going to Galatasaray. But we've still got Ola Eina uh, and Ibrahim Sangare and Willy Bolly to return from AFCON. It looks as though they may well be gone for a little longer. So uh, obviously we hope to get them back. I think we could do with those bodies back in the squad alongside what we've already said. But that brings us to the end of this Friday Five on a Saturday. I want to say thank you very much to George, to Jamie for the news roundup and to Ellie for her conversation with Satch from Fan Park. And thank you very much to our special guest contributor, Steve Burns. So thanks for joining us, Steve, and we hope you'll be back soon. Uh, And of course, massively thank you to you for listening. If you like what we do, then you know how to show your appreciation. Please share our content, uh, follow us on social media, all the links are 1865.football. And if you are using a fruit-based device, then please, please, please leave us a nice review and comment because that is how other people will find our content. We'll be back with a report after the Bournemouth match, and we hope that you can join us for that. Cheers then, and bye-bye. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.